Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. This is Harbor down at Fort Myers Beach, and uh, there's a dead body in one of the units. Is she awake? She's laying on the floor, towels over her, blood under her towel. Oh my God, there's a, there's a body and it's lifeless. Whoa, uh, this podcast is about crazy lady, 58-year-old Lois Reese, a.k.a. also known as Losing Streak Lois, or her other alias, Stormy Liberty. Not Stormy Daniels, the stripper who bedded Trump, but Stormy Liberty. Also not Gusty Squalls, one of the weather people that is very popular during hurricane season. She is a chameleon and a grandmother with a gambling problem. This would be Losing Streak Lois. She was dubbed Losing Streak Lois for her reported fondness for gambling and often was spotted at casinos. Now, the story of Lois Ann Reese begins in Blooming Prairie, a bucolic tiny town in southeast Minnesota, where she lived with her husband, David, and their three kids, Bill, Brandon, and Bria. Don't you love it when people do the alliteration of their kids' names, all starting with B? Blooming Prairie which has the slogan, quote, a great place to spend the next hundred years behind bars. No, I just added that. So most people in the 2,000-person town knew the Reese family. And her husband was a husky guy. He had a straight, blonde mustache, longtime local, family roots in Minnesota dating back to the early 1900s. Dave grew up in the neighboring town of Rochester, Minnesota. And I remember when... The University of Hawaii offered me my full-ride scholarship. I lived in Rochester, Michigan. They called me at 8 o'clock at night in the middle of a snowstorm and said, how'd you like to come to Hawaii on a full ride? And I'm like, for sure, on a track scholarship. My mom's like, you're not going to Hawaii. I'm like, watch me. But my coach accidentally sent my contract to Rochester, Minnesota instead of Rochester, Michigan. It's, there's a lot of Ro- there's a Rochester, New York. I guess it's popular. Anyway... Dave joined the Navy after high school and served in California for three years, where he met and married Lois in 1982. So, by all accounts, Reese's husband was a rabid outdoorsman. He split his free time between boating, swimming, fishing, and hunting. Sounds like my dad. And he opened a small bait shop in his hometown. In 2012, he transitioned from selling bait to growing it himself. He grew worms. He bought a piece of land with a white farmhouse on it, and he opened Prairie Waxworm Farm. Ugh. I guess waxworms are good for fishing. I always thought earthworms were. Uh, it was always an ordeal putting an earthworm on a hook for me, but anyway. David and Lois lived on the worm farm, and he was always early for work. You know, the early bird always gets the worm. So it was odd when on March 21st, 2018, Dave stopped showing up for work. He wasn't even early. After two days, his business partner called the police. How long would you wait if a friend of yours doesn't show up for work and uh, you know they're always there, they're never late, they're never sick? I'd wait a day, not two days. But he called the police, and when officials from the Dodge County Sheriff's Office searched the farm on March 23rd, they found David in the bathroom of his home, covered in a blanket with towels pushed against the crack of the door to stifle the smell. 
Authorities found David dead with several bullet holes in his chest. It was unknown if there were any worms crawling in and out. You remember that song? The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, in your stomach and out your mouth. (laughs) Well, Lois wasn't there and neither was the family's white 2005 Cadillac Escalade. Just the dead body which is redundant because a body is dead. But anyway, Lois was reportedly more than 100,000 bucks in debt at the time of her husband's death. And authorities say that she stole $11,000 from her husband's bank accounts. So authorities didn't know it then, but Lois was about 40 miles south gambling at Diamond Joe Casino in Northwood, Iowa. And soon after David's body was discovered, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension announced they were looking for her as a person of interest in connection with his death. It prompted a five-week search that stretched into South Florida, of course, and then over to Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. And when that proved fruitless, U.S. Marshals offered a $6,000 reward for information and launched a massive campaign of highway billboards with Lois's picture on them. And she was kind of a round woman, you know, before she became the subject of a multi-state manhunt or woman hunt. And her hair color fluctuated between brown, blonde, and silver. And she was known to have that gambling problem. And she was also a regular in Minnesota casinos and not a particularly lucky one. Local officials had nicknamed her Losing Streak Lois. Hey, there's Lois. Hey, Losing Streak, how are you? Well, to cover her losses, Reese occasionally stole large sums of money and was once sued over it. She had once been the guardian to her disabled older sister, a 61-year-old woman with the cognitive level of a 10-year-old, according to court documents. But the guardianship was suspended after Lois transferred tens of thousands of dollars to her personal account. In 2016, she was court-ordered to repay her sister more than $100,000. She never did. So she even ripped off her mentally challenged sister. What a scumbag. And as she made her way through Iowa after her husband's murder, Reese hit several casinos around the same time. She cashed almost $11,000 in real and forged checks from her husband's bank account. And then she gambled her way south. One surveillance video at Come and Go Convenience Store, that's K-U-M and Go, released by the Dodge County Sheriff's Office, shows Reese asking for directions, wearing a striped gray cardigan as she buys a sandwich and asks an employee if she should take Interstate 35 South to just keep going down to the next state. Authorities later found hand-drawn maps in her car detailing a route from Minnesota to Fort Myers Beach, Florida. So by April, remember her husband was shot and killed at the end of March, Reese was in the Sunshine State. Because you know what? There's always a Florida connection. And apparently she was lurking around the house of Teresa and Rod Coster, two acquaintances from Blooming Prairie, who stayed in Fort Myers Beach for the colder parts of the year. In fact, my grandparents, who used to live in Leroy, Michigan, would spend their winters at their trailer in Lakeland, Florida, and we, of course, would visit as a family when I was little, and we would go to a place called the Cape Hawk Tree in Restaurant, and it was in Clearwater, Florida. It was such a wonderful restaurant. This is, it had a huge tree, the Cape Hawk Tree. It was brought over from India in the 1870s, and it has these big blossoms that would land on the ground with a big thud. It was beautiful. And I remember there were a bunch of cats running around and you could eat inside or outside, but it was really extravagant. 
And I'm like a crow or a fish. I love sparkly things. So I remember distinctly all these huge chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, dripping with these bright blue crystals. And during its heyday from the 60s through the 80s, and this would have been in the 70s, the Kapok Tree Inn in Clearwater was one of the most over-the-top restaurants in the country. It was amazing. In 1988, the Clearwater Kapok Tree was ranked number 15 in the country as a restaurant with sales of 10 million bucks. And despite being a massive success, the Kapok Tree Inn closed in 1991. Well, enough about this freaking tree and restaurant. Let's go back to Lois, shall we? On April 2nd, Teresa Coster later told police that she walked outside to find an older woman checking out her car. Tess Coster knew Lois and had told her about her Fort Myers rentals. Here's some audio from NBC2 News in Fort Myers. When we kept talking about Florida and how we were buying rentals and they should come down and visit with us. That white Cadillac Escalade pulled up. So I stepped forward and said, can I help you? And here it was Lois. Our eyes met. She put her head down and shook her head and said, wrong house, wrong house. What is a murderer doing in my driveway? So one of Tess Coster's friends from Minnesota told authorities that in late March, she received a call from a woman calling herself Stormy Liberty, the other alias, and asked for the couple's Florida address, the Coster's. Well, police had reason to believe Stormy Liberty was Lois because, as they later discovered, she had tried to open a cell phone account using that alias. Now, Tess wishes she had followed Lois. She might have been able to save the life of an unsuspecting woman named Pam Hutchinson, who looked just like Lois, her doppelganger. That we didn't follow her. Pam's cousin blamed South Florida law enforcement for not warning the community about losing streak Lois being in the area. Pam would have still been alive. I mean, it was that simple if they had acted. Up until... April 8th, April 9th, until we were notified of the homicide investigation down here, there was really only so much that we could do. (laughs) Well, losing streak Lois had figuratively hit another jackpot when she met Pam. She befriended her at the beach. And watch this lady walk up, and she's smiling like she's anyone's grandmother. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty cold. These two would become friends. They would go out to dinner. It's chilling to me. Lois shot her lookalike with the same gun she used to kill her husband in her snug harbor bathroom. I think that she got desperate. After the shooting, surveillance video showed Lois crying in the stairwell. You could see emotion. You could see a reaction like something horrible just happened. And, and that's when I believe that she had just committed murder. Oh, my God, there's a there's a body in his lifeless. Then after snuffing out her life, she assumed her identity and went on the run using her dead friend's credit cards and car for two weeks. Lois drove north up the west coast of Florida, probably used I-75, and then she made her way west toward the Gulf of Mexico. She stopped in Louisiana at a casino where losing streak Lois won a jackpot prize using Pam's money. So she had some cash and didn't have to use Pam's credit cards, which would have left a trail of breadcrumbs for authorities. Then the chameleon killer grandma hit the road again and made her way to Texas, where she befriended another woman. (gasps) Fortunately, she didn't kill her, too. I thought she was probably going to be our next victim. She's a cold, calculator murderer. Cold, quiet, didn't really look you in the eye. Lois, you may have taken away Pam's life, but you didn't take away the life that was in Pam. And you're the one that ultimately has to live with that. 
So John Kinsey, he's a deputy U.S. marshal, Middle District of Florida, Fort Myers Division, said Lois Reese was arrested at a restaurant on South Padre Island, Texas. There's actually video of her arrest. She was arrested on April 19th. 2018 by U.S. Marshals and police at the restaurant on South Padre Island. Now, South Padre Island is a resort town. It's located on a barrier island on the east coast of Texas. The small islands connected to the mainland by one main drag, get this, known as the Queen Isabella Causeway. And the island is a spring break destination for college students and Lois. And it was about an hour drive, just an hour away from at least three border crossing stations in neighboring town Brownsville. So instead of getting on a Dodge, Lois was put in handcuffs and then she was extradited back to Florida. In Lois's first appearance in a Florida courtroom since being extradited, prosecutors say she's refusing to take her psychiatric medication. The state respectfully submits that this is a factor that the court should take into account in the amount of, first of all, considering whether to grant bond and considering the amount of bond. She was held without bond. So, you know, losing streak Lois's behavior obviously was strange and odd and erratic, and she obviously had a screw loose, and apparently she needed to be medicated. But this doesn't mitigate the horrific crime she committed against her husband and her friend. So 58-year-old Lois Reese pled guilty to killing Pamela Hutchinson to steal her identity. Initially, losing streak Lois bet wrong and pled not guilty. But prosecutors built a case file containing 2,600 pages of discovery material, including more than 800 photos of Reese's time on the run, nearly three dozen witnesses, a montage of surveillance video identifying the woman in several states, pieces of a narrative that painted a picture of one of the stranger Florida true crimes. Now, in December of 2019, Lois was sentenced to life for the murder of Hutchinson here in Florida. She was then extradited back to Minnesota to face the music and her husband's brutal shooting death. And last year in 2020, she pled guilty to gunning down her husband. The judge there sentenced her to life in prison with no chance of release. So now Lois Reese will never, ever again be free, nor will she ever see the inside of a Florida prison. Now, since pleading guilty to premeditated murder twice, Lois is now being held at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Shakopee. A spokesperson for the state attorney's office of the 20th Judicial Circuit in Fort Myers here in Florida said Reese's life sentences in Florida and Minnesota are being served concurrently in Shakopee. I just like saying it. Now, Reese received a sentence of life in prison here in Florida, and if any issues had arisen in her case in Minnesota, she would still have had a life sentence waiting for her here. So basically, the loser, losing streak Lois, has ultimately faced the biggest loss of her life, her loss of freedom. I'd like to leave you now with an unbelievable story hot off the press, of course, from Miami-Dade County. A former lawyer who's known as the lawyer whose pants caught on fire during a trial several years ago has now been arrested for cocaine possession. Well, it is Miami. 32-year-old Stephen Gutierrez was pulled over for driving with a broken headlight, and the Miami-Dade police officer that pulled him over noticed a large bulge in Gutierrez's pocket and thought it could be a knife. Is that a knife in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? Sorry. Well, it turned out to be a metal tube, and then inside the metal tube, there was some white powder. And Gutierrez, the defense attorney, reportedly told the officer, quote, that's cocaine, end quote. 
Whatever happened to his right to remain silent? Well, Gutierrez, not the most luminous lawyer, made headlines in 2017. He represented an arson suspect who was accused of setting fire to his own car in order to collect the insurance money. Gutierrez contended that it was possible that his client had nothing to do with the fire and that his car may have spontaneously combusted. You know, you've heard of spontaneous human combustion. Well, ironically, wink, wink, during the trial, Gutierrez's pants caught on fire and sent him running out of the courtroom, confusing the judge. First of all, where are you going? I had electronic cigarette accessories in my pocket, which were batteries. It singed through the inside and the lining of the pocket, and I was able to somehow get it into the toilet, which seemed like the safest place. That's what Gutierrez told the judge after the flaming incident, but the judge wasn't convinced. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, but it seems to me like that was just a stunt. It seems to me very coincidental that in a case involving arson, where you're trying to persuade a jury that there was some kind of instantaneous combustion in a vehicle, that you stand up to do your closing argument, and all of a sudden, some battery in your pocket becomes flammable. Gutierrez's response? No, it was not a stunt. No practicing attorney is going to go into a courtroom and light something on fire, make it hot. It's not something you do. So Gutierrez blamed the whole liar, liar, pants on fire incident on the battery from his e-cigarette in his pocket. Prosecutors believe the whole incident was a stunt to illustrate the feasibility of his spontaneous combustion theory for his defense. But they couldn't prove it. Gutierrez's client, by the way, was convicted of arson and insurance fraud. So now, again, the former defense attorney is in piping hot water for something that was in his pocket, this time cocaine. Well, that wraps up Full Rigor for this week. I want to thank you for joining me. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. My Full Rigor Podcast drops every Monday morning at 4 a.m., so make sure you subscribe. Until next week, be good. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.